This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of 21 for 21. 21 Lessons for Sport Media in the 21st Century. Uh, today's guest is going to be our very own Stuart Levy, my co-host of this podcast. We've spoken to many people about their stories in sport and media, and we're going to talk a bit to Stuart now and find out what he does in sport media and how we got there. Uh, we have asked various people their stories of how they got to work in sport media and what they do. We're starting with myself in episode six, um, but you can look back and and there are quite a few different people that do various different things. We've spoken about content creation, social media. Today, we're going to talk about sport marketing, Stuart. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for thanks for having me on, of course. Um, no, it, <laughs> no, thank it, you it, for being on. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's definitely nice to, um, I know that we've spoken maybe a, a lot to, to people who you know from Barcelona sphere. So it's good to um, yeah for, for have that counterpoint of, sports marketing and sort of away from the content creation and creating the stories but still how how our worlds interact because that's of course how we yeah. got in touch at the start of the podcast it's mainly because we were following the same pages but from slightly diff- different angles absolutely it's probably worth mentioning at this point as well that uh, episode 10 we had uh, your boss on ceo mm-hmm. of irish sport and we'll talk a bit about irish sport again um peter weber and he talked about kind of using data and analytics for sports organizations and, and sponsors. So that that's maybe the context we could sort of, of jump on from. But you could tell us just a bit about kind of like what a day in the life looks like for Stuart Levy working in uh, sport marketing and, and the kind of the data that you work with in Iris. Yes. Yeah, so my role within Iris is within um, sales operations. So... Uh, there's part part of the day is not necessarily sport related at all. It's a lot of um, I- I- internal planning, so planning which sports organisations to contact and and when, and doing a bit of some administration stuff as well. Uh, but no, you're right in terms of the the sport data. So um, in in this week, for instance, I was in in Spain for the first part of the week, meeting with a number of cycling teams. Uh, so in terms of my day-to-day life in, in, in the preparations for that, so I was looking at the teams, either the social media data, so who is seeing their posts, which type of fans, which content works best for them, are they a successful team socially or, or not? And then the uh, other type of data they could look at would be um, sort of TV and OTT exposure. So if we have a race, for example, um, yeah, the Tour de France, of course, being, being the most most famous ones. It's little things like a team or a sponsor might commission Iris to uh, provide an independent report into how often the logo appears on, on on camera. Then it goes to little things like, is it on the right place on the bike or, or, or on, on the jersey? Are, are there different ways of activating that, that partnership on, on social media, media? So there's a lot of interesting things. I, Iris does, and in myself, my own role, it's, yeah, uh, in introducing iris to to these customers or to these 
potential sports sports rights holders, sponsors and, and teams and federations we work with. Okay, so kind of both sides of the of the marketing coin, as it were, you know, the the teams or the federations being sponsored and the people that could be sponsoring that, that sport yeah, or exactly. event. Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um we'll get into a bit about the kind of the research you do in a minute because I want to ask you about, you know, that kind of side of it. But I'm gonna go and jump in with sort of sales because sales and marketing and I often find myself on the more I consider on my more creative side of like the mm-hmm. kind of journalist content creation. There are certainly content creators that see themselves kind of more on the corporate side, but really we have to be all very corporate because at the end of the day, that's what pays the bills, right? This, I remember, um, I know we want your story, but one of the first kind of job interviews I had was at a radio station. I said, I'm not interested in, in marketing and advertising and stuff. And so you have to be because otherwise how are you going to, how are you going to eat? <laughs> and, and he like, I got a real telling off mm-hmm. in this interview from the boss of this radio station. And, uh, and so, I think certainly like I think that's a key key role in mm-hmm. you know in making everything that all the all the, the wheels turn within this sports media world that we've maybe overlooked actually until now. So tell us a bit about kind of the sales then. You know, you, you kind of you say you connect the teams or the federations or the companies to Iris. Uh, but what what's kind of involved in that in a you know in a hands on sense? Yeah, so you're right in in terms of marketing and um you you being told off in in this interview, I guess that's maybe looking at you as good as the consumer. You're interested in marketing because different foods are, are marketed to you. But in in terms of um, I guess there's two ways to answer your question: is how does Iris market itself uh, to okay, its services, yeah. and how how does the sport sport business or sports marketing work? So, I mean, in in my role, um, so Iris, we organize ourselves by by posting on linkedin by building a, a network on there and also by attending these events such as the the preseason camps in, in spain or sports industry industry-wide conferences just to get our our name out there so that's sort of how we would market iris iris sport itself and then yeah sports marketing you, you're right so again it's Again, to, to use the, the the cycling example, it's not necessarily marketing, as in I, I want the cycling team to sell this many replica shirts in, in its shop. It's, it's not necessarily sure. consumer marketing, but it's it's using that data, such as you know, visibilities and exposure and sentiment analyses and all, all sorts of different KPIs, just to ensure that they are positioned in the market to their sponsors and future sponsors and partners in the best way possible so it's not just on these teams football teams as well they will have again these consumer marketing departments marketing selling literal tickets or subscriptions to the ott platforms like the ones you work on but from from sure. my point of view it's more marketing to the sponsors on a business to business side right okay okay so it's true there are there are so you're like an extra party in this. It's quite, it's quite easy to think that uh, we'd use, I don't know, um, trying to think of a really solid example. Back in the day, Leicester City and Walker's Crisps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, you know, Walker's Crisps and Leicester City would get this this deal and the overall aim would be for uh, Walker's, for more fan, Leicester City fans to buy more Walker's Crisps. It's the kind of the, the in and the out of it. Mm-hmm. But what you're kind of saying is you've got this kind of like extra step that you're there kind of me- not mediating necessarily, but kind of saying, hey, Walker's Chris, you'd be an ideal sponsor for Leicester City because Leicester City fans are big crispy eaters. I don't know. I haven't... Yeah, no, I mean, it, it would be pretty, pretty much that. I mean, we can, <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, that's possibly a, um, or the example of that, maybe Walker's might have been involved because there are, also a famous Leicester brand, but what, what Iris would, would do in, in in that situation. So you're right, the, the, the marketing team for Walkers would want to sell more crisps and the marketing team for Leicester would be wanting to market themselves as being a, a, a premium brand. And I guess the direct competition for Leicester City Football Club would be Leicester Tigers Rugby Club, who I don't think had any uh, crisp-based based deals. So, so what... Yeah, so what Iris could have, could have done or a company like Iris could have done is to say, you're right, Leicester City fans, we, we could find out based on our, our, our data and our analyses that football fans are more likely to buy crisps than the rugby fans. I mean, and this is, a, again, a, 
a simple simplistic view but um yeah so iris it could also show um i mean it, it, we, we wouldn't be able to tell walkers oh yeah your seven percent increase in salt and linica crisps was because of the sponsorship but we would say um yeah your awareness and your increase in social media followings or your increase in positive sentiment uh, around walkers crisps amongst football fans and not just leicester fans football fans in general uh, so that that would be the services that either again we, we could have worked for the sponsor walkers or, or the club leicester uh, so sure. help Leicester evaluate themselves and, and say, yeah, your shirt sponsorship should be worth this amount of money because we can prove using this data that we're seen by this this number number of people. And again, of course, that would be a depending on obviously progression in cup competitions or whatever. But on an average traditional or typical season for Leicester, this number of people with these interests in these markets will see your brand if you partner with us. And that's very important for clubs or teams because essentially that's a big part of their income is how they play their oh. pay their athletes. Definitely, yeah. Um, so again, it's it's making sure that yeah the club are making as much money as possible and also that they're not being partnered with a a, a brand that's not fitting their their club Im- images either. Um, there's a lot of the news about NFTs, of course, and we've we've done done episodes on, on that as well. Um, it's about yeah if yeah if there's some. Um, because this is a bit of negativity in the news about NFTs because they're still not understood. So maybe if a club were to be promoting a more family image, for example, then they might choose that NFTs would not be the type of brand to to partner with. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot goes into okay. into, into yeah. shirt sponsorship and and sponsorship in general. Yeah, there's a lot that's uh, that's not thought about, I guess, from from someone like myself that you know, mm-hmm. essentially, I'm just watching the. The, the football or the Formula One or whatever, and you see all these these different logos of uh, yeah, no, it is, in front of you. In doing this job, it is have a different um, different thoughts. So I've noticed that Manchester City now at the FCL Stadium, they have extended their uh, advertising hoardings. Um, so it's one of the things that you can't I can't unsee now. Now, so the pitch out advertisement, it looks like they've removed the first two rows of seating to make the advertising hoardings bigger so they can now oh, wow. show either two logos at, at a time or the same logo but bigger so next time you see a bit of manchester city game you'll you, you'll notice it but that's the sort of thing i picked, picked up straight away because now they're doubling the logo size of sponsors therefore making the sponsorship more valuable because the sponsor again iris could tell man city sponsors even if your logo is only shown on screen for two minutes it is twice as big as before it's twice as valuable as spot as before and I don't know if you kind of go into this or, or if it's something you've worked in. There are these um, advertising holdings. I imagine Manchester City has them. They can be different depending on where in the world you are. They, they use um, the kind of augmented reality. Yeah. So again, I've not. Yeah, I'm, I I know them. And I guess they work in a similar way to even Google, Google ads or something that they can. I guess that's, that's the end goal. That's even to the individual watcher or viewer on, on a stream that they can change the adverts personally. But no, I mean that would be sure. It, it, would, it would be the the same thing. Um, an example in in rugby, the, the Heineken Cup is always called the H Cup in France because alcohol advertising is banned in France. So that would be the example that would now increase. Heineken sponsorship value because they can, they would now be able to using that technology advertise an alcohol-free brand. On, on the I was going to say alcohol-free brands have like have had a boom here in Spain because because of the the yeah the advertising rules. Okay, yeah. So again, that's every, the every same. major beer brand now has a zero zero version and or a zero yeah. percent version, mm-hmm. so that they can still sponsor their their teams. Yeah, no, he's right. This this technology that would be the the main main example in yeah when you're. I guess the Premier League super popular in the Middle East when you're advertising the Middle East ever even you could sell that to Coca-Cola obviously less alcohol in the Middle East the Coca-Cola could be the drink sponsor and then yeah a Heineken or a beer brand could it be be the sponsor to those in the stadium or those watching in in sure. countries without, without those regulations yeah so no it's, it's a good point I do, do, do you know where those are is that still a future hypothetical or a t- no no it's, it's, it's... It right now I, I can't tell you what clubs because I don't know, but I've mm-hmm. I've seen it in action, as it were. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen clips from various different broadcasts from around the world and uh, in, okay. in parallel and, and and yeah, they're they're yeah. Or maybe it was edited in, in maybe it's a proposed thing and they edited it so that it looked that way. I, I yeah. it's definitely I like I've seen several for a while. Really yeah. years about mm-hmm. it. 
Yeah, but no, I, I can't think where I, I've yet seen it actually, actually in action or whether sure. something's part of it. But I guess in some sense that means it's working because we shouldn't see it in action. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> we should be unaware of it as as viewers. Yeah. It's uh... mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me when, you know, on, I don't know, Instagram, you can put whatever filters on your face yeah. and do all kinds of stuff. That's sort of the technology that's being used um, yeah, for, to broadcast know, Premier League matches, for example, yeah. is, is, mm-hmm. is far beyond what Instagram uses yeah. on our mobile phone. Uh, okay, so the other thing that I, as you kind of, you, you talked briefly, that the kind of things that you do when you met with the cycling teams, for example, you did a lot of research on them of kind of what posts are working for them, what I don't know. You look at the social media. Are there, are there kind of any tools you do for that, or how how is that research kind of done? Yeah. So specifically with um, yeah the social media tools, we use a, a crawling tool. Um, so that that's where um, we have the, the lists of all, all the cycling teams listed in our in our database, and then crawling tool that sort of pulls all, all the facts and figures and puts it into our easy to use dashboard where we can run analyses, run comparisons um, and uh, things like that. So it's just um, and one, one thing that we say say to future customers is don't worry about that. We, we, we have the tools, we have, have, we have the back end systems and we can get, get whatever, run these analyses based, based on a lot of things that are happening in the background. So that's the yeah. social media side and then the, the logo detection for the, the sponsorship visibilities. That's I guess using similar technologies that a facial recognition technology would do almost again it's it's semi-automated so we we would record record a game or record the event and we would set it up to detect this logo and how often is it is it showed on on the screen during during the game or during the event oh wow okay oh wow i, yeah. I had no idea that even existed yeah no so it's um again it's almost it seems it can't kind of kind of straightforward, but it is just like if you're. It makes sense. You know, Le- Le- Leicester are playing in a, a brand new Walkers Crisps kit, then yeah, we could just track just that Walkers Walkers logo across the different visibilities across the broadcast. And yeah. then yeah, there's another um, from market research. We have access to panel providers where we can, and we mentioned do crisp, uh, football fans like crisps, so we can put that into a oh, okay. a, a live panel thing so where people are surveyed daily surveyed daily and we can get understand their habits and their consumer intent and begin to match groups of fans with suitable industries oh wow okay i'm just thinking about the 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 logo tracking like if it's on a bike obviously that's that's important where your logo is because if they're yeah. i don't know every shot of whatever star rider is mm-hmm. i don't know i don't follow cycling enough but if, if you know every shot, his like legs covering the, or you know every yeah. every time his leg goes around, he covers up the sponsor for a, a second, mm-hmm. a few seconds. Uh, yeah, that's no, a, you know, that's not where you want your your logo to be, I guess. I mean, that was a particularly big topic around the the Olympics because um, the only advertising allowed on on the field or plagiar on the Olympics are the equipment providers. So sure. and so that's a, a big thing for. Um, I, won't, I won't give you this particular example because it is a direct client, but in terms of should we have our big logo specifically where and how often is it most based on the play or the field of play of that sport? Where would it most likely to be obscured? In which case, don't put it there, put it on the other, on the left chest or the right chest or sure. whatever, depending on exactly on the, on how, how, how the game of play, field of play works. So that's particularly important in the, in the wow. Olympic, Olympic field is because this advertising is so, so limited strict. just to equipment yeah. providers. So that's the important thing you got to, got to be aware of. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, of course, every, you know, I don't know, you put on a T-shirt and for mm-hmm. a football team, of course, it's across here, but for a different sport, I don't know, like rugby, maybe they hold the ball here, right? Or Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's know, that, that sort of thing. You're right. Yeah, or in, in cricket, the way you stand uh, to, to bat the ball, maybe you're getting in the way of logos by the way you, you crouch. It's that sort of thing absolutely. where it's the best place to, to put in your, your sponsor logo. Absolutely. These are things I'd never even considered, like never even stopped to consider. Yeah. And then again, back to sorry, Jamie, back to no, no. again the my role specifically in sales. So, are we when speaking to a customer or a potential customer? Then we have the mix of people. There are people working in, in in the sports team who might have no idea this technology exists. In which case, we need to tell them about it, or it's or it's the mixture of people who know exactly how this technology works and 
we need to tell them why Iris is the best sure. solutions provider. So, so there's two camps. It's, it's trying to educate those who have no idea why Iris services might be useful or telling people why Iris services that they already know about uh, should they should switch to us from there, what they're currently using or why Iris gives that added value from from other companies offering offering similar similar services. Sure, and and so you're 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 selling a service that doesn't necessarily have to apply to sport, right? It's it you know it could be logos for I don't know a car in a movie, a James Bond movie, you know Aston Aston Martin or something. Uh, but as it is is for sport, and there are so many you know you yeah. you need to know sport and you need to know sport broadcast. That that seems quite clear to me because I mean you've already given examples of of covering the logo playing cricket or, but these are really uh, important things that you'd need to know in order to be able to to make this sale or you know, to do your job yeah, no, completely yeah um so that's perhaps why iris i mean certain other companies might have a yeah a tv um like a yeah a movie division like you say but i iris one of its selling points that it is still operated by its, its founders like like peter who we met met uh, on the podcast sure. a few weeks ago so no you're right we need to completely no, no, the sport it's, it's no good just saying yeah this data proves that your sponsorship is worth more than you're receiving like you need to again it sales it's a lot of a lot of personal personal relationships it, like i was hey, brushing yeah. up on my on my cycling cycling small talk um yeah I, i'm not the i mean I, i'm not, not not a diehard cycling fan but i know a bit and i know it's part of my my research is not just researching the data on the teams it's researching where did they finish in in, in the in the UCI World Tour last year? What are their chances for this year? Who who are their star their star riders? Sure, sure. No, I'm, maybe the the movie idea was a, a bad example. I was, I was trying to sort of a bit no, is it, I mean, uh, it's that, fixated on logos. But yeah, one of my first jobs I was selling Nokia phones, and you know, all I had to do was learn what the Nokia phone does differently, and mm-hmm. and kind of reel that off. But but for every client you approach, like you say, you need to know about their team and their their star athlete or the sport, how the sport works. Um, so you must be sport mad for the most part, no? You like yeah, I, I mean, consume a lot of sport, but you must consume a lot more and and far you know greater variety. That's the um, no, it, it is true. So in again in another inside Iris um, sort of um, kids I, I came. So I've been here a couple of years now, um, but it's mainly a German company. So in the Christmas sports quiz. In my first year, because it was all in German, I was knowing all the answers. But my it was a first; it was on fingers on the buzzer, so the language skills were letting me down. Oh, so, no. now, <laughs> so now this year's the Christmas to just gone. Language skills were a bit better, so I came third. So I'm third okay. in the sport quiz. So to answer your question, yes, I, I know a lot about sport. <laughs> and then in terms of my job, my personal life, the aim is to improve the German enough in the next year to be winning, winning that sport quiz. Okay, so that's a good year. aim to yeah to to improve your german is to, to for, the, for the quiz yeah um okay that's a, that's a yeah good anecdote so i mean you you kind of you're selling this to me quite well like your job sounds really great I, I thought i had a cool job but but you know you're traveling all over your your meeting teams and you know we're talking important teams professional cycling teams or i remember when, when we first started recording this podcast you'd just been to visit i think formula one Event, no, no, that's or... that's um that's my my uh, where were you when moment i was on the on the way to the okay. Belgian grand prix when you first mentioned me saying let's do a podcast so that is for, for me the uh the spiritual home of the podcast is uh is the spa <laughs> spa circuit because i was on my way there when you first first pitched the idea well there you go there you go yeah so you know it sounds really exciting like you're traveling around meeting you're finding watching sport which you can't really complain too much about that that's your, your job is to to, yeah, to watch a lot of sport and and travel around and meet these you know it must be interesting people i imagine i've never met a cycling team i don't think i know someone actually that's just signed with a spike a cycling team through some of their marketing uh but i've never you know met anyone on a cycling mm-hmm. team such but they travel the world for, for their yeah, love of no, their sport completely um so again again to stick with the the cycling example their their i think their job theme seems pretty cool so um right <laughs> so it's, it's part of the again that, that personal personal net networking thing. So you, you, I was actually sure. only in Spain for a few days, but I had to make it sound like I was there there all, all week just to impact play it cool, just from a, from a uh, positioning point of view. So you know, with with one of the teams, we're already making plans to 
yeah meet at the upcoming races in in the Netherlands or Belgium, which are close to where I live in in Germany. So, right, it's it's a, it's a lot of yeah, building personal relationships, but also again, you can't can't complain when those personal relationships are um, in, in different places around around Europe. So, it's, it's combining a, a love of travel I had from I had from from back in the day with with a love of sports. So it, it's definitely a nice, a pretty nice position I've got got at the moment. So I certainly can't complain. Sure, no, absolutely, and it does seem in in this world of sport media, you or sport in general, I think you spend a lot of time meeting people with quite cool jobs, and and you know you kind of want to get to know them, which is why this podcast has been ideal yeah, for us because we've, we've spoken with what thirteen guests and uh, about their cool jobs. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty um, much it. that's pretty pretty much it. And again, it's another reason why why it's a good idea from my point of view to start it because it's it's helping me develop those those networking skills and those personal skills. So yeah, when we had um yeah matt dunn for example talking about moto gp again for my general sport interest i had a bit of a moto gp interest or knowledge but it just gave me a, a good reason to, to yeah go back and revisit some some classic races just to ensure i had that, had yeah. that bit of an entry-level chit chat available nice. Really... nice yeah that's quite cool so to not pry too personally but about how did you get here like what's your kind of because you know, you're like me. You've you've left England. You've left Nottingham. You left Bridge, Bridgeford even. Which, for those of you who don't know, Stuart and I are from the same small town um, in Nottingham, and we're now in different parts of Europe. What's kind of, you know, was was your kind of dream always to work in some kind of sport-related job or industry, or did you kind of stumble across an opportunity like like essentially I did? Really, I, I kind of wanted to make videos, and I just happened to be making them about sport, which I think is extra cool um what, what's kind of your yeah your path here yeah no so i think yeah as it would be a theme we, we've touched on is you work in sport either because like it's like you you've got the passion for the production you happen to be doing so in sport or for me yeah i have the passion for sport and a job in in sport in any any context is the uh is the is the ambition so yeah my first role in in sport it, it was a, I was a volunteer at the London London Olympics uh, and that was something I'd cool. regi- registered for or re- registered my interest for like y- years years before like uh, at least three or four years before the games itself right, I yeah. uh, put them in my registered I- I- interest so my my role there it was not sport related it was working in the entertainment team so I was um, okay. taking amateur performers so buskers or, or morris dancers or break dancers just around the olympic park and just just hanging out with them and taking photos of, of fans so um i think my, my record was i think i um yeah so the role was i had to look after these performers so i took this band to perform outside the olympic stadium and i think i took 100 photos in a row people can you take a photo of me in front of the stadium take a photo of me oh, wow. in front of the stadium so it's just being there being at a major sport event and and being being involved really so I got to That's watch cool. a lot of cool, cool sports events, but and also to be there in in, in the height of the, the Olympic Park and just enjoy enjoying the atmosphere, really. Sure, and that was a um, quite a momentous occasion, you know, for England and for London, and 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 that just shows your your dedication to sport, I guess, that you know you want to be part of it any way possible. And, and yeah, you no, were there. It, That's cool. Yeah, exactly. That's that was at the end of my my my, my first year first year at uni um so then um inspired by that i guess so i i next did a like a small like work experience of the following christmas holiday so the christmas winter 2012 i worked for carlton town who are in the uh, eighth division of english football um so i did a again a month-long placement with them so it was mainly evolved around um planning their christmas fundraising so i sold raffle tickets i did um i got in a couple of sponsors for like a day at solo race course um so a, a, a local racetrack uh and also yeah just did a bit of updated the website and uh, i even w- went to went to training once and yeah even even in the eighth division i could see yeah I, that eighth division i must be a 20th division player <laughs> so um they're, they're honestly they did have that high quality and, and even at that low lower lowish level so yes yeah, so certainly playing playing sport was never never a, a realistic option so yeah working in it is is the is the next next option sure. so 
I think that's true of a lot of people we've spoken to, right? It's kind of yeah. Well, when they realise that they're not going to be making as a as a player, you're right. Then yeah. it's going into it's going yeah, some kind of sport too. Some part of the industry. Yeah. Okay. And so, has it always kind of been? I'm, I'm, I have to admit, I'm, I'm flicking through your your LinkedIn now, and I always sort of talk about podcasting. Yeah, there's a lot there. Being a way to, to pry on your friends, but like. Well, anything you want to volunteer feel happy but you know Colton Town and then uh what was it? volleyball England Leicester Tigers um less uh England rugby at Twickenham you know there's some yeah, big, so it, big names in the world of sport that are or certainly in UK sport that are yeah you've got kind of on, on your quite an interesting uh, resume <laughs> yeah no I'll, I'll, I'll add the, ne- the next thing is kind of a um sure. I was saving it for, for this episode actually I'm not, not sure this is something you you, you know from the time, but I was actually in the press box at the Camp Nou before you were. Oh, there you go. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, that's yeah. a, that's sprung a surprise. There's a, <laughs> yeah. No, so I, I, I guess, um, yeah, I mean, there's no, no reason why, why, why you would have saw it, but I realized a few weeks after we went into this podcast, I, I hadn't mentioned it. So I guess, guess you didn't know, but, um, so just completely, um, randomly, another school, a school friend of mine actually, he had the idea. To just write to random clubs in Europe to ask for a press pass. So we, we, we one of the ones we was Barcelona. So I, I pretended to be the editor of the university newspaper, which I, I wasn't, but that was the, um, the hook, the line in. And I said I was going to write a, a piece on Catalan culture. And they replied within two days saying, Yeah, sure, here's your ticket. Here's where Amazing. you show up. So, um, yeah, so I, so my friend had applied to be a photographer and I'd pretended to be the, the journalist, but he never heard back and I did. Um, so yeah, we thought it was too good an opportunity to turn down a free, a free ticket to go and watch, to go and watch Barcelona. So, so yeah, I went to yeah, the, the Camp Nou on, yeah, it was, it was that weekend for a game against Sevilla. Um, and I, I'd, I'd heard from, or I've seen on Twitter, like kind of journalists always say, oh yeah, the press box at this game has great pies and press because this food has great whatever food so I assumed it would be the same in Barcelona so I got to the stadium at 8 p.m for a 10 p.m kickoff and I was the first person in the entire stadium and there's no free food at all and so I was sat, sat <laughs> in the press box at Camp Nou um, hungry, hungry and, and cold because it was February in Barcelona and I didn't realize how cold it was at 10 p.m on in February in Barcelona so uh yeah no that was a pretty pretty fun fun adventure and again the reason I'm, I'm bringing it up is again it's it's a, ni- a nice link into where you are now working legitimately yeah. in the press box of the camp new but that that trip was the first time i'd gone sort of traveling rather than on holiday if that makes sense sure. so it, um so that gave me yeah the the interest in in travel which is eventually brought me brought me to germany but also a nice little anecdote into uh, an uh, early career move as you say from from the linkedin there's lots of random <laughs> jobs some of them in 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 sport like short Term ones such as sure. Leicester Tigers, that was a, a match day role. Uh, the Rugby okay. World Cup, that was um, was more planning, and so it was just in the, in the match days held at Leicester and Birmingham. So it was just a okay. few days before each game, just planning where we want the volunteers, what time do the trains get there, where would we most need most need the staff. So um, again, that was a really fun job, um, mainly because of the team team spirit amongst the people who were doing. My, my job there were a few people similar to, to my age so like early 20s a few grandparents and other people aged in between so it was a nice wow. completely mix of people all getting together for for for, for rugby so yeah that's so great be... i think it just goes to show two things one how much mm-hmm. you just you absolutely love all kinds of sport you know it's, mm-hmm. and and two just how dedicated you've been for such a long time to well such a long time but you know so from from yeah. the moment you left university, uh, that you wanted to work in the world of sport one way or another, and and yeah. here you are living mm-hmm. that dream. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, I have um, yeah, one one other story that I've been oh, saving saving to, saving to tell you. Um, <laughs> so at the uh, one of the, the rugby world cup games in, in in Leicester, one of one of the fans I bumped into was was your your brother. Oh wow! <laughs> um, and then so when so I I I went went to school with and then when I saw him a few weeks later just on a night out in town he was like oh yeah so you work at the rugby world cup that's pretty cool you're going to definitely get me a ticket to the next rugby world cup in Japan so I said oh yeah sure 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 because I assumed that my career in sport would 
get me into a place to get your brother a, a Rugby World Cup ticket for, for Japan. And then he reminded me about that the next two or three times I saw him. And I now haven't seen him in, in a very long time. And I didn't get him <laughs> a ticket to the Rugby World Cup in Japan. But the next Rugby World Cup is in is in France. So it's that's now, back to the point, it's now in a, I'm in a realistic position. So if Iris gets some sort of involvement in the uh, okay. Rugby World Cup in, in France, so I'll re-extend my offer to to Dan for a, a free <laughs> Rugby World Cup ticket in Paris after I avoided him since not helping him out for Tokyo. Well, you might be off the hook. He's not mentioned it to me. He's not. He's not no, said anything. So, yeah, <laughs> well, if, if he's a listener, he uses. Uh, I'll, uh, again, I think that is because of again the distance of from Germany to France. That is a a sure. realistic proposition for me. Seriously, to get some sort of opportunity to to be at, to go go to that get that event and the World Cup again. networking and build things. So, so yeah, that's the that's the aim. What a cool life! You could just pick out uh, you know major sporting events like that's near enough to Germany to. To, yeah, to come up with a good enough reason to go networking. No, I mean it's we we kind of kind of joke about it, but it is, yeah, a legitimate strategy. So that's um that's where they'll be. I mean we we want to speak to five sponsors at once of of either World Rugby, the organisers, or the individual rugby federations here, rather than call them all up randomly and have successions of teams calls and and connections don't work or people have to go or the kids in the background. Just there's nothing beeps really for that sort of thing actually going going to the event and and yeah and, and networking and making those connections in person so that, that segs us quite well actually um it's almost like we've planned it i was going to ask you next about the kind of the skills that are involved you know we talked a bit about your day-to-day kind of how you got yeah. here which just seems to be a dogged determination to work in sport one way or another um and have quite a lot of fun along the way by the looks of things um my next kind of question was going to be about the sort of skills that you you need should somebody want to enter into this amazing world of going to sports events and meeting interesting people. Um, networking is one that's come up repeatedly on this podcast. Yeah, um, certainly. So it is it just being willing to, I can't remember who used this line before, but the best way to, to work in sports is to work in sports. Um, so again, the uh, my first experience I was at London 2012. That that was a, a complete one-off. But the second experience at, at, at Carlton Town. I mean, if you're listening to this in the Nottingham area and you want to work for, give give um, Mick, Mick their chairman a call right now. Um, so he's um, the sort of uh, sort of entry-level position that these there are local clubs like like Carlton or all, all around all around Europe, all around the world who who, who need help. And if you're um, willing to or if you can see that end goal for yourself of a professional position then yeah just making sure that you're you're there getting the experience and even though again to use that um particular experience there was some particular microsoft word little technique that i picked up there which is obviously practical for for for, for work but also yeah from a sport point of view i can say that i've um yeah i i, I sold a player i drafted up a, a contract with sold a player for 600 pounds <laughs> at the time so you have sold a player organized sponsorships um we've written a column in, in in the match day program so even though it was on a, a lower scale it's things you can say say you've done and yeah made a made a good good impression and yeah or that i could have yeah you can network with the owners and the sponsors of, of other uh, other teams as well and just build build your network and, and get to know people yeah um, absolutely so your question right. was more: what, what skills do you need? More what than, skills do you need? Uh, but no, no. Yeah. But I think that's a that's a you know we talked about networking. I think that's yeah. um yeah a great answer of of look who you can network with. Who might be more approachable? Um, yeah. you know you're probably not going to get the chairman and CEO of Manchester United, but you might be able to get it off Colton Town. Yeah, that's why I was so impressed, so impressed when we had uh Tom Tom Carter and he said he was emailing his favorite clubs and he would own his own emailing PSG and Barcelona. So I was like. A, a, why didn't I think of that? Why was I contacting Colin Salmon? I should have been. Yeah, but you did. PSG, you but... you were here at the cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but no, it, it is. Um, if, if you, I mean, Tom, Tom maybe had, had 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 some luck, but if you do want to work in in sport, um, then yeah, you've got to work in sport, and that might mean Carlton Town or or Birmingham Knights, so a basketball team I did an internship with but again when I was at university. They had a they lost every single game in that season. It was their only season in, in existence. But it was, yeah, I, I was um, in the end the company that owned the team. So they they offered me a 
a permanent job at the end of it. And I, I turned it down in favour of the of the volleyball England one because it had the more more sporty focus. But if I hadn't been, if it, again in the in this basketball job, it was it was unpaid. It was an internship during studies. But <clears throat> when else would you get the chance to work for a top division English sports team? So just yeah, put yourself out there and be be polite, have that sporting knowledge. Um, again, I had enough. Um, you know, the things like I once had to for that job write a match report for a match I hadn't even watched because I was working in the club shop, so I couldn't see the court at, at any point of the uh, of the game. But I so yeah, it's got to yeah be be flexible, be innovative, and you have a bit of enough sporting knowledge to write a basketball match report for a basketball match you haven't haven't even watched. I'll let, I'll let you into a secret and, and let you know that happens in the in the professional world at high levels. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> not, maybe not quite so the, so the Premier League, La Liga levels, but uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I've known people for what to to write reports about events that they've not necessarily seen or they've seen a highlights sort of package of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll move on from there before I get myself into <laughs> trouble. Um, uh, so, what about kind of on a, on a day day to day basis of what you do now? What kind of skills do you have to employ? You already mentioned like you know mm. picked up. Kind of a bit of ability with with Microsoft packages in your your various kind of experiences. Uh, what what other kind of day to day skills do you do? You yeah, use? I mean it's it's always um, yeah it, 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 difficult like questions. I I know I, know I should, should have prepared a specific answer if I need skill <laughs> X skill skill Y, but no, it's more just um, yeah, basic things like listening and, and communication skills. Um, okay. So we just the so I'm working fully almost fully remotely i've not been into the office for, for for some time so it's making sure you trust your colleagues and, and your colleagues trust them it's making sure you have a good social media and and understanding of the data or, or make sure you know where to ask or who, who to ask if, if you're not, not sure on something um so yeah it's just it's having having that teamwork skills having the the, the computer skills or, or being able to admit if you were where to get help or where to find the more information from yeah, it's just again be being able to be be flexible and be be, be a team player. So even though yeah, this Spain trip we we spoke we spoke about, I was there alone from Iris. It wasn't a a solo mission. So I'd I'd work with my team on drafting a strategy of what what to talk to the teams about, and sort of um, it was another colleague's <clears throat> idea to specifically approach cycling teams in the first place because he had more of a sporting knowledge that this pre these preseason training camps happen. So Yes, even though it was it's just it was just me me taking the selfie on the beach the beach earlier in the week it, it wasn't it, it was a team effort to, to have done enough work to to go there um so again if um if, if there's some direct revenues or a new uh, contract we sign with one of these teams then it will be making sure that the, the colleagues will actually put the data together or put the final reports together are fully fully briefed and, and fully aware so it's a lot of um yeah, communication and yeah, just being knowing who to ask for for what I think is is the best. Sure, is the best skill, and again, like it back to sport, knowing what what sport is. Um, how yeah. how important is is social media for you personally? And I know you use LinkedIn quite a lot, mm. um, but you you must be the kind of the contact person for a lot of for Iris with a lot of these teams. You know, if, if one of these cycling teams kind of signed with Iris, you you're their guy, kind of thing. Is is that right? Am I think right in thinking that and then also how important is social media yeah, I mean, for you personally and your kind of your kind of public image as it were I mean, sort sort of um i mean there is a a specific head of digital who who, who isn't okay. me so she is the, the the expert on on social media but i think yeah my knowledge and understanding is good and we've obviously when we've done our tiktok episode on episode two right at the start i mean i'd you know, only really started properly looking into TikTok because it was a sponsor of Euro 2020, so I needed to, to know sure. about it for, for for work reasons. But no, in terms of in my in personal life, my yeah, I said LinkedIn. I've only started using pro properly or posting regularly when I've been here working for Iris. And then yeah. in personal life, like I've been tweeting with this podcast, but I don't really <laughs> otherwise tweet. And okay. then yeah, in Facebook, Instagram, I I have, but I don't I don't typically use use them personally. But that's just a uh, Maybe a personal preference thing or maybe a generational thing i know that facebook is, is less popular amongst younger people now than, than it has been so okay no, no. So, i was just, uh, just curious mm -hmm. more than anything sort of 
mm-hmm. see how you you put yourself out there sort of thing yeah um so okay that, that's yeah i kind of a lot of, a lot of important skills um that, that yeah you need to build along mm-hmm. the way and yeah. and i guess you've gained from such, such a sort of variety of experiences uh, in and around sport you kind of touched on it already you were talking about people looking for internships and kind of taking mm-hmm. on um anything that you, you could do you know whether it's writing a match report or working in the the team shop or um sharing around people at the olympics which it sounds great in itself what what could you recommend to people that want to find a way into into sport or sport media yeah i guess there'd be two two ways of doing it i mean do you I mean we've touched on in, in iris there's a lot of the data is out of actual data processing that I, I I don't do. So I mean, if sure. you you have a passion of a, a niche such as I know data processing or you know, market research, for example. So if you have a love of sport and a love of something else, then you can develop to something else and see if there's some way you can attach that in, in, into sport down the line. So if you have an interest to be to gain yourself a niche, then then go ahead and, and do so. Um, or if not, yeah, the the other recommendation is 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 you get out there on and and work in sport whether that be launching your own blog or, or, or vlog or, or tiktok account and talk about the sport you love or whether it is going in in at the deep end and you have a volunteer at, at the local club or the local organization or the local event and yeah i mean there are plenty plenty because i i'm in the various i mean i the see on, on linkedin or on uk sport websites another good place there are always volunteer opportunities because there are so many major events held in held in the UK. Maybe if you're not a, there are lots of tennis competitions in the summer, for example. So even if you're sure. not a, a tennis fan, but you want to work, experience an event, there's the Nottingham Open, Birmingham, Eastbourne. There are plenty of tennis competitions that have plenty of volunteers each year where you can just get that experience of working at an event, of seeing what happens on the operational side and setting it yeah. to your CV going forward. Yeah, and even amateur or semi-professional clubs and teams are, are looking for. Uh, you know, we mentioned it right at the start of the podcast. If a club or team has greater visibility, then they have a greater chance of getting a better sponsor, and they can bring in more money. And that cycle mm-hmm. kind of repeats. You know, we talked about the Leicester City and Walker's Chris. Um, and I, at that point, I have to admit that we're both not living in England anymore, and I do miss Walker's <laughs> Chris. Um, but but you know, you can get in touch with with these kind of small local clubs and, and I don't know, I'll help you run your social media or I'll yeah, I mean, try and help talk to you about how you can improve your social media. Maybe you could do um, like a, an online analytics course, Google Analytics, and look at what's working for that website or Facebook or whatever. And Yeah, and again, that goes back to, yeah, the niche if you're interested in yeah. Google Analytics yeah, and, yeah, offer your services. Yeah, to obviously women's sport is another big thing. Obviously, there's so many women's teams around now that don't quite have the budget still so that might be the best chance of a volunteer entry point and say yeah i've i've got this yeah, certificate of google analytics let me take a look at your website and help you yeah, gain more sponsors for, for your team so that's a, that's a good idea yeah nice point nice point uh we'll start wrapping this up i guess um any or unless there's anything else any other anecdotes you've got for us because you seem to be you've got plenty yeah <laughs> uh, yeah trying to try to think um <laughs> No, no, no. We'll just say save, save the same for another day. But no, it's been good to and good, good to yeah. chat more. Because again, I did take a look. Um, so we, we've been uh, contacted on connected on LinkedIn since 2015. So I, I can't remember why we would have connected in 2015. But so we knew um, each other, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's always about making those, making those links and and making those connections. Because yeah, we connected so many years ago and took us until last year to here we are to realize to connect and start talking yeah. so don't, don't discount someone because you haven't spoken to them for a while or you, you might not know them too well personally it's good to yeah, say hello and, and keep, keep in touch with people because most people are nice once you want to, once you get, once you get to it yeah one one lesson then because nobody gets off the hook and, and we've asked <laughs> everybody so one lesson that you've learned in your years working in sport and not necessarily about getting into sport, but something that yeah. you've, you you could say, oh yeah, I learned that. That was that was important for me to learn here at Iris or the World Rugby World Cup or. Um. I don't know, well, I was going to say something like, 
Or, or, no, yeah, I'll say it. I'll I can't believe you've not prepared this because you knew this was coming. This was like the yeah, one yeah, yeah. you definitely knew was coming. Yeah, no, there's a GoFar. Um, always say thank you. Um, and again, this is a to, to, to link link it to the sport again because a lot, a lot of my experiences at the start were in an internship role or an entry level thing. You know, people are at the end of the day when it comes down to it two, three years later, and I've had to require references from, from these people, people that they, they aren't going to remember. Oh, yeah, Stuart did a really good Excel spreadsheet two years ago. You're going to remember, yeah, Stuart, we, we liked him, and he, was a, and, he, and he was a nice guy. So for me, if I had to say one lesson, it's always say thank you. I like that, I like that a lot. That's a bit different to uh, some of our other lessons. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Stuart. I, I've certainly learned a lot about you. And like you say, we've been connected on on LinkedIn for some some seven years, in which case it was in 2015. Yeah. Uh, but we've known each other far longer um, mm-hmm. directly. Or, or <laughs> uh, so I think I've, I've learned a lot about you, but I've learned a lot about the industry that, that you work in. And um, yeah, maybe now when they come to me with with data about you know what works and and what doesn't for the content that we're producing, or you know the sponsors are saying this, and um, maybe I'll take yeah. it a bit more seriously because uh, I should. Take it seriously. Cause... Yeah, no. We, we when we were talking early today before we went live, of course, you said you had some some sort of sponsor day you were you're work, working at, so that that would be that that type of thing. And those sponsors, they will have to look at the data and say, yeah, our sponsorship of Barcelona has been valuable or not valuable based on these metrics from from a provider sure. such as such as Iris, not Iris, unfortunately. So FC Barcelona, <laughs> if you're listening, uh, give me a call. But um, yeah, that, that's the sort of thing they need to justify their association with with Barcelona with yeah absolutely really interesting thank you very much Stuart and there you go no. uh, le- oh, Stuart oh, oh, oh. lesson 15 put into action good yeah well thanks thanks so much for having me on the other side of other side of the <laughs> the couch as it were Jamie and yeah um look forward to being back back in the presenter's chair for, for our ne- next few lessons so thank you absolutely. for all for I hope it's not been too uh too unpleasant as an experience no it's been, I said, it's been good to good to catch up more than anything it's been good, good to catch up yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, worth reminding everyone, if you do go to our YouTube channel, there is a whole little section of, uh, we call them, so you want to work in sport media. And we've got a whole variety of people that have, just like Stuart's done today, and I did myself in episode six, talked about what it is they do, how they do it, and how they got there. And I think there are some great lessons, uh, if you are interested in working in sport media, uh, that you could follow um, to, to try and get there. So yeah. Thanks very much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on Lesson 16. We're we're powering through. Fine, through. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Just do it. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.